Is anybody excited to see the report from Israel? Okay. I thought I was going to have to change plans or something, but if you're excited, we're going to go ahead and go with this, okay? Just want to go ahead and do that first video. You know, uh, when, when Zach started coming to Beit Tehila, I had a lot of people come up to me and they said, uh, you know, Jesus is here. <laughs> and I said, uh, that's a good thing. Thank you. 
So, uh, but I, I was going to ask Zach, um, the first question I want to ask Zach, because this is really his testimony, but I'm just here to write his coattails. But I want to ask Zach, how did he come into his Hebrew roots? You know, we all came into our Hebrew roots in one way or another, and his ethnic background is Peruvian from Peru, his, his ethnic group, right? So you're in the right place, right? So, uh, like I said, you know, inquiring minds want to know, how did you get here, you know? What, how, did you, how did you get your Hebrew roots? Sure. So um, it's actually Peruvian, Ecuadorian, uh, Argentinian, uh, Italian, French, Austrian, Ger uh, well, not German, no, Italian, French, Austrian. Uh, <laughs> it keeps going on. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a lot of things. Um, but uh, my Hebrew roots came to me when I finally came to a point in my life that I decided uh, that it was time that I, that I bowed the knee before God. And so I came to him in prayer, and I, I told him, I said, Lord, I don't want to deceive myself anymore. I don't want to, um, I don't want to believe that I'm a good person. I don't want to be thinking to myself, oh, yeah, I go to church, and I do all these great things for people, and I'm, you know, I'm Zach, right? I'm, I'm your child. I'm, like, saved and, like, all this good stuff. I said, Lord, I, I get this feeling inside that there's something more, and I, and I don't want to be lying to myself anymore. So I came to, before him in prayer, asking him to reveal uh, who I really am and to reveal who he really is. And uh, in, that, in that moment, uh, well, he showed, me, he showed me one thing, but we'll just keep it to the Hebrew roots. My, a little bit after that, uh, on this journey that he was taking me, my, uh, my brother um, had been starting in... Uh, um, the Torah, and uh, that came from his uh, his wife, Kimmy, coming to him with a concern, and he said, you know what, I'll search it out. I'll find it for you. And so he uh, he went into this deep study in the scriptures and was turning the pages, and he was like, hmm, that's interesting. And turned it again, he's like, that's interesting too, you know. And then uh, eventually one day he comes to Kimmy, and he's like holding holding the Bible. He's like, at least this is the way I visualized it happened. <laughs> he's like holding the Bible, he's like, Kimmy. And she's probably looking at him like, 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 did you find the answer? Did you find the answer to the, to the problem I had? And uh, he said, probably like, no, no, but I think we're supposed to be keeping Torah. And so they started, you know, haphazardly, like, reading and like, oh, wow, we're not supposed to eat this. And, we're, and what about Christmas, you know? And like, this is, you know, so to keeping the feasts and, and going through this. And I'm kind of off in my own world. But, but uh, whenever I submitted myself before God and bowed the knee and said, Lord, it's time for me to start following you, and it's time for you, uh, it's time for me to stop asking for you to follow me, um, he had told me, he said, Zach, you need to go look into what Michael and Kimmy are doing. And my little brother, Brandon, he had um, long before that uh, started keeping Torah with him as well. And so I went over, and, and I thought, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go set them straight. Uh, that's what God... You know, because now I heard from God, right? So, so God, that means that God is, is, you know, sending me with a message to give them, um, which I was wrong. And uh, so it took about, a f it, was, it took several months. Um, and I finally got to a point where <clears throat> I was on this fence uh, going back and forth, in, you know, arguing the points. And I finally, it was, it was wow, I, this could actually be. Um, and uh, so I made another prayer. And I said, Lord, I... I want to know, I want to know if this is what your truth is. I don't want to start keeping things and doing things because, you know, 
I, th I think this is what you want. I want to know absolutely in my heart that this is what you truly want because I believe that, that you want your, your servants to obey you. And, and, uh, and I just recently in Israel learned that obedience is a gift and that, that the only way that I can actually obey God is if he reveals to me what he wants from me. And then that gives me the opportunity to make the decision, will I obey you or will I not? You know, there's this law that talks about the ignorance, right, the sin of ignorance. And uh, if I sin, and it's not a, and it's not a sin, um, or I'm sorry, if, if there is a, if there is a, a law that and I break it, right? But I don't know about it. It's not held on my account until I'm made known about it. Uh, but when I when I am made known about it, then I, I realize, wow, I have sinned against God. It's time for me to bring an offering and repent of that. Um, and I believe the same applies to obedience. Uh, I believe that there is such thing as ignorant obedience, uh, and it's not really obedience. It's it's sort of falling into God's will sort of like doing God's will, but not really doing it because he asked you to. And, and I, 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 I never want to find myself in that place of, of just doing God's will, but I don't actually realize I'm doing it. Because you know, am I really being obedient to him, or am I just doing whatever it is I want to do, and it happens to also align with God sometimes. You know, so, so this gift of obedience. And so that's when God finally gave me the gift of the ultimate obedience, which is the following of his Torah um, through my older brother, Michael. So, yeah. Your older brother, Michael. So, you know, the thing is, you know, there's interesting things happening in the earth today. We all know. And especially you baby boomers know times are changing. Things are accelerating. Things are happening, you know. And I think if we're obedient, you know, I can just say that it'll be a lot easier as far as the transition goes. You know, and so we don't want to overreact. We don't want to do crazy things, but we just want to be obedient. You know, it's it's like the restoration, the regathering of the whole house of Israel is an interesting concept, but how do we really break it down into parts and information to say, okay, this is where we're at. Now what's the next step? Amen. I believe within this congregation, because we have known what we've known for so long and the timing of God, I truly believe that this congregation is going to truly connect to the land of Israel. Okay. Now, I don't know how that looks. I don't know how it's going to work out. But, I mean, I'm sure some of you sitting there in that purple chair would love to go over there and spend some time and be an ambassador of Beit Tehillah or whatever, of Christ, right? And, uh, you know, we actually want to, uh, you know, be obedient. You know, and, and just some, some facts about Israel. You know what the state symbol is, right? It's a menorah. It's not the Star of David. It's a menorah. And the anthem is what? Hatikva. Okay. Hatikva is, is the anthem. Uh, interesting statistics, of course, when you're looking at this. Uh, looking at the, uh, actually, we're looking at the ethnic group of 2016. Uh, 74 per 0.8% are Jewish, okay? How many of that's a Jewish state? 74.8% are Jewish, 20.8% are Arab, and 4.4% is other. Uh, basically, as far as the religion percentages, 74.8% are Jewish, 17.6% are Muslim, 2% Christian. Imagine that. 1.6% are Druze, and 4% are, of course, other. So once again, you do have a majority 
of, of Jewish people in a Jewish state. Uh, looking at this, what is this, population, uh, 2017 estimate, 8,630,800, okay, amen? Only a population that big, you know, um, I don't know what the population is worldwide for the Jewish people, but, I mean, you know, that's, not, that's not a big percentage, is it? It's not a lot of people. And um, just looking at some different, thing, different things here, um, the population of Israel is defined by the Israel Central Bureau of Statistics was estimated in 2017 to be 8,630,800 people. It is the world's only Jewish majority state, okay, with, of course, 6,450,900 citizens or 74.8% being designated as Jewish. Uh, the country's second largest group of citizens are Arabs, numbering 1,795,900 people, including the Druze and most East Jerusalem Arabs. The great majority of Israeli Arabs are Sunni Muslims, including significant numbers of semi-settled Negev Bedouins. The rest are Christians and Druze, other minorities. Uh, in its basic laws, Israel defines itself um, as a Jewish and democratic state. Israel is a representative democracy with a parliamentary system, proportional representation, and universal suffrage. Uh, the prime minister is head of the government, and the Knesset is the legislator. Amen. And uh, also, just to remind you, you know, um, I mean, the, the, even the size of Israel and everything, but I'm going to have uh, Zach share. We've got a... Uh, He's got his little pictures and stuff. So is that, is that actually Israel that you're looking at out the yeah. window? So, so I fell asleep on the plane. And when I, when I woke up, because I'm from Florida, I, I didn't see so many mountains. And so uh, when I woke up, we were flying over Greece at the time. And I looked down at the water. And the water looked really weird. You know, I was like, man, that's, that's some weird water. They have some, some funky things going on. And then uh, after looking at it for a while, I, I realized, like, whoa, there's a community down there in the middle of the water. And I was like, wait a second. That's not water. That's, those are mountains. Um, and, and so I was like, wow, where, where are we? And I started realizing that we were approaching Israel. I was like, OK. Sorry, I was getting really excited and looking out the window, waiting and waiting. And, uh, and so finally, um, we, 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 I see the first, the first piece of the land. Uh, and I take, I mean, I probably have a thousand of these pictures. Are you to the right of the plane? I'm on the right side of the plane. And yeah. you're going out the window there. And we're looking out the window, yeah. So, there, so. there's the Mediterranean Sea? Yes. And then there, wow. Yep, and that would be like, it's just the, the coast, the coastline. Uh, one thing that I didn't realize uh, was how big the like the cities were. They, they weren't very like tall, but they they went really far, and uh, yeah, like it was Tel very Aviv. shocking. In Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv is huge. Mm -hmm. It's like Chicago. Yeah, I was very very happy to see that. Hours to get through Chicago. Yeah. Just uh, talking about the land. This is very interesting. Uh, they say that Israel is ten thousand eight hundred forty square miles. Syria is 72,209 square miles. Now, let me say that again. Israel is only 10,840 square miles. Syria, which is to the north of Israel, Damascus, is 72,209 square miles. How about California? Would that be a cool Jewish state, wouldn't it? California is 160,222 square miles. Oh, yeah. 
Imagine that. France is 213,673 square miles. France is pretty big. France is bigger than uh, California. And then, of course, the topography. There are four general areas in Israel. You have the coastal plain, which is the Mediterranean Sea. You have the central highlands, which is Galilee, and the Jordan Rift Valley, the Dead Sea, and then, of course, the Negev Desert, about half of Israel. So uh, interesting, uh, interesting things in, the, in regard to that. And uh, so I'm going to let Zach share some more pictures and experiences. So you want to go to the next picture. Nothing like a Milwaukee tape measure. Yeah, so getting, getting used to the metric system was the very advertising? difficult. <laughs> uh, if I, no, I'm not trying to. Um, yeah, so, so as soon as we got on site, it was, it was just like immediately right to work. Uh, there was no, no, uh, no break, especially not for the construction crew. Um, and when I say the construction crew, I'm sort of like half. I, I include myself half into that, mainly because I kept getting taken away. And uh, I, I got to experience a lot of other things. But the construction crew, man, they from 5 a.m. in the morning with the, the men's morning prayer all the way till you know dinner, and then they would go after dinner and late into the night and many nights. Uh, they were just nonstop building, 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 um, getting these things together. Um, so that was really amazing uh, to see. Uh, so, so I, I liked. I took this picture because I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, this, I, this like these jeans and the and the tape measure and the seat seat, right? Because on the construction site, that was the only construction site I've ever seen where there were seat seat all over the place. Um, and I thought that was really cool. You know, usually you don't want dangly things when you're working with you know machinery and that kind of stuff. But you know, yeah, there's an exception here, I guess. Uh, so that was really cool. I liked. I enjoyed that. Um, so let me ask you this. So. Uh, High Yovel Ministry has been in the land for over 10 years. I think I think 13, over 13. Over 13 years to help the Jewish farmers with the harvest, and that's their method of operation. And they're located at Harbrakha, correct, which is Mount Gerizim. Yes. The Mount of Blessing. Yes. And they have a camp there, basically. And how far is that from Ramallah or Shechem uh, or Nablus? I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. It's south. It's just south. Um, okay. Yeah. I. I. Because uh, Nablus is a big Arab community. Yeah. Yeah. So from the mountain, we can actually see all the Arab communities are in the valleys below. And so if you look, uh, all of the um, the Israeli communities are on mountaintops in the surrounding areas. So you can look across and see all the all the communities, and then the Arab communities. You look down, and you see all uh, them all in the uh, in the valleys. Um, yeah, because yeah. I remember we were on top of Mount Gerizim, and we could look down into Nablus, right? Which is where Joseph's tomb is. Is that correct? Uh, I believe. I believe I so. Yes. Yes. It would be a novelist. Uh, at least I remember crossing a sign. Biblical city that. of Shechem, yes. on the shoulders of which would be Mount Gerizim and Mount, Mount Evil. Yes. Yeah. And so there's a picture uh, that we'll have uh, somewhere in the uh, in the slideshow that uh, that shows um, Joshua. So basically, on the campsite, they have just like temporary housing, some tents, right? And they do have plumbing. And electricity. Yeah, so because the soil is so rocky, all the plumbing actually is on top of the ground. And so whenever you go to wash your hands, and if it's in the middle of the day, the, the water can actually be boiling um, because uh, the pipes are all exposed. And uh, there's no air conditioning, no purple seats. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there, uh, but actually, it's funny because everyone was telling me, you know, like how, how hot it was going to be over there, and you know, all the paperwork was saying how hot it was going to be over there. And on the phone call interview, they were reminding me again how hot 
it's going to be over there. And I was like, okay, wow, you know, I'm, I got to prepare for this. So when I finally landed and I got, I got up on the mountain and I, I was like looking around, I was like, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful here. Like the weather is amazing. And everyone's looking at me like I'm insane. And uh, there's another guy that was from Florida who was there, uh, an intern. And he was like, no, 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 he's from Florida. He's from Florida. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and I explained, so the weather in, in Israel is, is in my, and for all of us, I would imagine, uh, it, it would be really beautiful because it's basically the same temperature, but the humidity is about half of what we have here. It's about Amen, 49. Bro. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I know, praise God, right? And, right. <clears throat> and the women rejoice. Yeah. And, and there's a breeze. There's always, there's always wind coming off the Mediterranean Sea. So it's, there's always windy. And actually, as the sun rises and it gets hotter in the day and it heats up the land and the rock, um, the, the breeze actually increases in the middle of the day. So it accommodates for, for, the, uh, for, for, for that as well. And uh, there's a lot of other great things that I got to see um, the, about the land that we kind of hear referenced. Right. In scripture. And you know, it's interesting. If you look at the tribal allotment in, in your maps, we've, we love maps here at Beit Tehila. Uh, this particular campsite or ministry place or whatever, uh, harvesting grounds or whatever, is located in the tribe of Manasseh. And just to the south is when Ephraim territory begins. So you'll remember that Shiloh theoretically is where the, the tribe of Ephraim had their allotment. And that's where the tabernacle uh, of Moses stood for nearly 400 years. So Shiloh is like the, it's the heart of heartland of Israel. Yeah, yeah, we actually got to see that as uh, also. Um, and it's really cool because you can actually see how, how the tabernacle, um, they were telling, it was like 369 years, I guess, where it sat. Um, and it's like an amphitheater setting. And so you see the tabernacle, we actually, I got to, uh, I don't know if I have a picture in this, in this slideshow, but I have a picture of me standing in the Holy of Holies in the ta in the tabernacle site and um, actually just today reading uh, the Psalm 27, I think, the one that we're supposed to read every day for Psalm this. 27 every day, yeah, yeah, for Teshuvah. I was reading through that, and I was like, wow, you know, there's a, there's a portion in there where it talks about um, about how he will hide us away in, in this in this safe place in his tabernacle, um, and uh, and he will put us up on a rock, right? And the altars obviously were made of these unhewn stone, and he'll put us up on a rock, and and um, and we will sing his praise there, you know. And it's just like wow, you know that. And I, I and I got to actually stand on these altars and stand in these holy in the holy of holies, and 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 we were and I remember actually now thinking back on it, we were singing his praise in those in those places, and and uh, and and that brings me back to this this overwhelming sense of security. Just in general, um, on the mountain top there, everywhere in Israel, uh, a lot of people, even the Jews, when I would speak to them, um, they would ask me like, how, "Do you feel like, like, what are you doing out in this area? Like, do you feel safe?" Like, and I'm like, "Absolutely, I feel safer. I feel safer here, uh, here being Israel, than than I do back at home in the Flor Floridian suburbs. Um, there's some sense of security there, which I'll, uh, um, I'll actually share just a quick story to to to." encapsulate what that what that security is really like and uh, I didn't realize it till after um, one night in the middle of the uh, in, the, in the middle of the night where we were sleeping and we um, and and I hear this this scream right the scream coming through a radio in another room somewhere off the, in the distance and I'm like I've never jumped out of bed faster in my life, right? 
I'm like, what is, what, it, you know, what's going on? So I hear this scream and calling for help. You know, this, this woman, you know, help, help. I, I need someone to come and help. And so I immediately strap on my, my boots um, and I go to, to, um, to run out the door before I can go to run. Two guys are, are sprinting down the hallway. Um, and and I, I, I'm like, okay, so I go to, to chase after them. I'm like, I guess we're going to, to fight tonight. You know, I mean, this is, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get your money's worth, aren't you? Yeah. What's this all about? And so, oh my God. And so I go to chase after them and uh, to, to help in any way, right? And, and then I hear down the hall, more people are talking. And they're like, no, no, it's a drill. It's a drill. It's just Britt, Britt Waller. It's just a, he's the he's the terrorist, you know. Um, and uh, and I stop and I have my hand on the doorway and I'm like, you know, breathing pretty heavily, you know, because it's adrenaline's running. And I, and I don't believe him. I'm like, there's no way those screams were too real. I'm going. And then they're like, no, 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 no. It's 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 a drill. It's a drill. We, we talked about it at, at at dinner, you know, yesterday. And I was like, I didn't hear about that. I, I must not have been paying attention. Um, you were and, still on the airplane. Yeah, so I, yeah, so I, so I look out the window. It was a drill. It was actually closer to the end of the, of my stay over there. But, um, so I look out the window and I see uh, someone. I think it was Nate. Uh, he, he uh, Nate Waller. He, he was coming out and he was choreographing the whole, um, the, the whole drill. And uh, and so I sat down in my in my cot, and I and I just thought about, like what was going through my mind, you know, it, during that whole ex uh, that whole sudden experience. And I realized, like, wow, you know, there was there was an enormous sense of peace throughout that. You know, it's just like like you hear the screams. Obviously, you know, my, my heart was racing, but but there wasn't fear. You know, it, it was like, yeah, there someone's here, someone's you know, make, causing trouble, um, but this is God's place, and we're God's people, and we're here doing His work, and it's true. whatever happens happens. But it's according to his plan, and it needs to happen for a greater for a greater purpose. So that way, maybe we can learn something from it, or something can come from it. And so it's like, wow. let's get this over with, right? Because we have more work to do tomorrow morning, and I need to get some rest. Let's get it over with. You know, and it was it was it was really this 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 uh, very peaceful way I, I felt of of approaching it. Like, okay, this this is we're gonna fight tonight. Let's get it over with because God's with us. I'm telling you, Zach. You know, this is the thing that I picked up on that I didn't put it all together until recently. But how many people have we shared about going to Israel and they say, aren't you scared? Well, if they're telling you that, they're scared. And it dawns on me that fear will never bring you into the land. Fear is what kicks you out of the land. It's love that brings you into the land. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions and myths about the land and different things, a stereotype, you know. And until you really go over there and experience the land, you really can't come up with a good, you know, I don't know, I guess a good paradigm or perspective. Because if it's from the TV or other people, that's your perspective. But until you really feet touch the ground, you're in the environment, then you can make up your own mind. But I agree with Zach. I've never felt safer in my life than the land of Israel. And so, you know. They have the greatest security system in the universe uh, in Israel, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Is it Security Yahweh? I, I think I think that's one of the older uh, names for the company, but it, it's, yeah, that's... Yahweh, you know. I'm trying to get yeah, it, it, like I said, you know, perfect love casts out fear. So, you know, these are the things we all have to overcome. 
You know, and a lot of times we try to jump the gun and we try to think, well, gosh, how can I possibly make it over there? How can I live over there? What's this all about? What's going on? I don't want to think about that. I just bought a house here. And, you know, it's not about that. It's about the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Listen, all of us have to live somewhere. I'd be in the car driving with my kids and I would tell them, hey, I used to live there. I used to live there and they're tired of hearing it. They're like, daddy, you lived everywhere. Like I was a bum or something, you know, but I was young and, 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 you know, and had these stories. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You ever just go back and think about all the places you lived and finally, you know, you're, you're someplace for two years. It's a miracle, you know, but, but it's true. We all have to live somewhere. Why not live where God wants us to live? You know, my wife and I, we wanted to do Aliyah and all of that when we came into this revelation. Absolutely. Why not? If you're Israel, you should be in Israel. If you're grafted in and you love the Jewish people and you love falafel, that's where you go. But, you know, we realized that it wasn't going to happen. And the father just kind of instructed me and showed me, inspired me from the scriptures. And it even talks about in the last days, he will gather his elect from the four corners. That word in the elect, in the, even in the Greek, means believers, both Jews and non-Jews. That he will gather us. Do you guys understand that? The father's coming for us. He's wooing us. He wants us for himself. That's why we got to break away from this culture. It leaves you just nauseous and, and wanting more and, and empty. And, but when Yahweh fills your heart and your life, you know, and, and I want purpose. I'm 50. I want purpose in my life. And I feel like the land of Israel gives me purpose, you know. And, and so, like I said, it's the same thing playing out all over again with the old generation that feared for their children well, guess what? They didn't go in the land, but their children did. We don't fear for our children in this place. They, they're children of the promise. They're a third generation. Amen? They're going to do great exploits for the Lord. We got to believe in them and pray for them. Even, even your, your children that are grown and have left Beit Healing and have their own lives, you pray for them because the promises are to you and your children's children. doesn't matter if they're grown up. We say, Lord, get them. Get them. Send laborers in their path. Get them. And, and there are a lot of children uh, just in the, the Hayovel community in Harbaha. Um, and I think I heard uh, Mr. Waller, he was saying uh, at one point that he has a grandchild every four months. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. Hey, another worker. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go to the next picture. I, I actually want to preface um, with something. When I first came to Beit Tehillah. I was very enthusiastic about everything that you were teaching here, uh, everything that you, you all believed, and, uh, and the way you worshiped God. And, and I was totally in. I was like, this is it. You know, um, I, this is my home, right? And, but there was one thing that I didn't quite understand, because you know, coming from just, just reading Torah at my, at, my, at my brother's house, and you know, this was our first congregation that we were a part of. Um, and there was one thing that just, it always kind of like, like rubbed me the wrong way in a, in a, in a, in a sense. Like, and it was this, this crazy obsession with Israel that you guys had, right? <laughs> and so I, I remember one day I was coming to my brother, and you can ask him about this to, to, clarify, to verify that this is a true story. Um, I went to my brother one day after, after service. I was like, it's like, Michael, it's like, man, you know, Beit Tehillah is awesome, but like, what is with that obsession? <laughs> with Israel like I don't get it like why why do they love Israel so much like 
Like, Sucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so how are you living it now? How's it working out for you? <laughs> you love Israel a little bit more? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> I, uh, but... But yeah, so so through through um, through coming here more, I I I didn't actually like this trip to Israel wasn't something that I had planned. It wasn't something that I I was like I need to go to Israel. You know, like Israel is where you I belong. You know what? Tell the story. You have to tell that story. Okay. Um, to summarize. Uh, yeah. It's um, so God 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 showed me about uh, three years ago. He said, you're going to be developing small, sustainable communities. And I was like, that's impossible. We don't go to architecture school to develop small, sustainable. Tell what you're going to school for. I'm going to school for architecture. And, and so, yeah, so whenever he told me that, I was in the middle of class, actually. And I, I look around, I'm like, what? I'm like, no, we don't go. We don't go to school to develop small, sustainable communities. And also, there's no precedent around, like, I, like here. Like, we don't have that here. So I'm like, what? But I believed it was a message from God. And I said, okay, Lord, if this is your will, then I, I'm going to look for you to open the door. And as soon as you open the door, I promise I, I will walk through that um, because I believe that this is, this is your will. So I'm, it's not my job to figure it out. It's just my job to obey. And so I said, if this is what you want, then I'll do it. And so then um, then that's whenever I, uh, later I decided to bow the knee. Uh, he, he, it was then that he showed me um, immediately. Like, he said, Zach, um, get up because I have work for you. And, uh, and he, he said, uh, you're going, I'm, I'm sending you to, to the Middle East, he said. And uh, I was like, the Middle East? I was like, oh my goodness, like that sounds, like I don't know anything about the Middle East. Um, and I actually saw, like in my, I saw a picture of, of like borders uh, in the Middle East, like the area that he was wanting to send me to. And I was like, oh wow, you know, that's, that's a, a very broad area, but you know, okay, I, I don't really know where that is. Um, so I, I um, I was like, Lord, if you're going to send me to the Middle East, then you know, I, I believe that you'll you'll make a way, and I'll 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 walk through that door once again, um, and uh, and and so then I ended up actually uh, getting ahead of myself there because I I didn't wait for the door to be open. I was just like, oh, I'm not. and I told my parents about it. I was like, Mom, Dad, I, I think I'm supposed to go to the Middle East, and they were like, You're not going to the Middle East. <laughs> like this is like three years ago, I guess. There's a lot of bombings and other stuff, and so I bought a plane ticket uh, after I had found Torah through my brother uh, Michael. After God had given that to me, um, and I was like, "Oh, it, it's got to be Israel," you know, because I started learning about who we were uh, as, as as God's people. I was like, "Israel must be it," like, but I don't know where Israel is. Like, so I, was so, so I quickly like went to the nearest map. I was like, "I got to find it. I got to find it." And I'm searching through, and I'm like, "There it is, Israel, right there." And I was like, "Oh, that's, that's New Jersey." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's um, so so I found Israel. I was like, "Wow, that's that's Israel," um, and I was like, "That's in the." The area that that uh, God showed me I was supposed to go, but but the borders are all wrong. That's not what I saw. I was like, I saw something much much larger, um, and I said that's weird. You know, I don't. Maybe that was wrong. Maybe I didn't see it right. I was like, that's. Um, but oh, oh well, you know, that's. You know, what are you, you going to do? So I just, you know, move on. Um, I bought a plane ticket to Israel, uh, and my parents made me return it because they were like, when they found out that I bought it, I didn't tell them about it, uh, and. And, and they're like, well, where are you going to go? I was like, I don't know. Like, well, what are you going to eat? I, I don't know. Where are you going to stay? I, I don't know. I just, I know hey, it's supposed to be over there. <laughs> I'm Abraham. How you doing? <laughs> go over here. Really? Yeah. So wow. I was like, I was like, I'll just, I'll figure it out when I get there. I don't, I just know I'm supposed to be over there. And they're like, they're like, no, you're, you're not going by yourself. Where you, Go please, at least your first time, go with someone, you know, someone else, like a friend or something. You know, I was like, okay, okay, fine. So I returned my plane ticket. 
very upset, you know. Um, and so uh, the next step was, uh, I'm, I'm skipping a lot, but the next step was, was God, uh, he showed me, he said, uh, on a Thursday, he said, Zach, you need to graduate from architecture school uh, a year early. So I had three years left um, for my master's degree. And he said, you need to graduate a year early. So that means two years. And I said, oh, man, I'm like, that's, that's impossible, you know, because no one, no one in the program that, that I know of or have heard about has ever graduated a year early. Um, there have been a few that have graduated a semester early, but that's, you know, even that was rare. Um, very few people did that. And I, was, and I was like, I don't think it's even possible. He said, look into it. You know, and I was like, okay. So I looked into it and I found out that, hey, you know what, this might actually work, but there are like all these problems that need to be resolved before it would, it could happen. Um, and within 24 hours, uh, I, I, I asked a few people, a few people led me to other people. I, I found my way all the way up to the the director of the program, all the way back down to the um, the advisors and back up and all the way around. And got all the signatures I needed, got everything worked through. We actually cre ended up creating a class for me. It was like an independent study, so we had to within that within a few hours we had to I had to get write-offs from certain professors, and I ended up kind of becoming my own professor in a way. And then uh, had a special class where I then taught other students. Anyway, it was kind of like this whole really crazy thing. And so 24 hours later, I'm like looking back on this whole thing. I'm like, what just happened? Like, I'm like, this was. So he tells you you're going to go to the Middle East. You're going to go to Israel. Yeah. You figured that out. Now you got to go ahead and close in on your schooling, cut yes. off a year of that. Yes. And the journey continues. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so then the the very the very next day, I, I, I sat down. And I told God, I said, okay, Lord, I'll say this is definitely a miracle. Um, I don't know what role this plays in, in whatever it is that you have going on, but it's just another piece of the puzzle, right? Um, and I hadn't connected them yet. You know, this was all just like random things for me. Um, so then uh, the very next day, I realized why God made this all happen in 24 hours, because it was, uh, it was uh, Shabbat here at, uh, in Israel, or not in Israel, sorry. I'm still in Israel. Uh, it was Shabbat in Beit Tehillah. But you know what? We're, we're like an extension. We're like the satellite Israel campus, right? Um, and so, so a Shabbat in, uh, in Beit Tehillah. And, and I started hearing some, some, like, some, some talking in the back, whispering, you know, like trying to prepare things. I'm like, what, you know, what's going on? And, and uh, I hear, uh, actually, Chuck, he talks to, to, to Jeff. He's like, what's going on? You know? And then Jeff says that someone's coming. And, and, uh, and then Chuck just starts laughing you know, under his breath. And I'm, and I'm like thinking to myself, like, what? Like, I, what's going on? Like, I don't understand. So then this family comes walking through, right? The Wallers. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Wallers. okay, who, like, who are these people? Um, and finally, I, the connection starts to be made. Like, oh, wow, these are, I guess they're involved with Hollyovell somehow. Um, uh, just the founders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And because uh, I had learned a little bit about Hollyovell through, through Miss Davis. Um, like the first meeting that I had with Miss Davis, she was like, you need to go to Hollyovell. Go to Israel with Hollyovell. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you know. Um, and so then, uh, so then Gina and, and Jeff, they were actually like, like qu quite literally, like physically, like pushing me to go talk to Joshua. They're like, you need to talk to Joshua. You need to talk to Joshua. And I'm like, okay, okay. I don't, I don't want to talk to them. Like, I don't, I have nothing to say. Um, and they, uh, and so I, I, I ended up speaking to them. And uh, Joshua, through our conversation, he was like, he was like, you need to come over now because we have things uh, that, that we, we, uh, that we need you for. And I said, well, let's, let's pray about it. Uh, once again, I, me getting there wasn't, it wasn't like, a, oh, I want to go, I want to go. You know, I was like, so I, I we prayed about it. I've been through this one time and got my money back, right? Yeah. 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 
So I, so I prayed about it, and uh, and God had confirmed it. I actually did a, a two-day fast. Um, the first day, I asked God to confirm for me in my heart, and the second day, I asked for him to confirm for me how he was actually going to make it all happen. Um, and he answered those prayers. Um, and so I, I, I messaged back to Joshua. I said, okay, Joshua, let's, let's do this. Let's make it happen. And uh, less than three weeks later, I, I stepped foot in, in Israel. And uh, I don't understand why. I don't really know what I'm doing there. Um, I have an idea uh, that God is is somehow connecting these pieces that he had given me before. Um, but that conversation with Joshua was sort of the first the first strand that started to weave uh, all these messages that God had given me together into showing me maybe what what his mission was and uh, and what he wanted from his people. That's awesome. Let's, let's uh, look at some of the pictures here. Is that the old city? Yeah, so one of the first uh, trips that we took was, um, was uh, a walk of prophecy. So... We grabbed our Bibles. That was the only mandatory piece of equipment. We grabbed our Bibles and we marched on the temple walls and we would, pro we would proclaim prophecy from the scriptures. Um, so I sent out a message to some, to some people and I asked them, I said, hey, you know, tell me, send me some scriptures that you want read and prophesied and proclaimed over, over Jerusalem on the temple walls. And that's actually a little slit where you can actually shoot your weapon through. That's, yeah, that's, that's right, yeah. And, uh, the, of course, you've got the... Uh, the rampart, right? The next picture. Yeah. So we were quite literally the watchmen on the wall, you know. And that's my friend uh, Levy. Uh, he is such a special, such a special person. Um, we were very, very close when I when I got over there. I had to inform my my brothers here that they that they have a new brother. Um, actually, they have many new brothers and sisters uh, that I acquired in Israel. Um, is it Buddy Waller? Sorry. Was it a Waller? Uh, no, Levy uh, was not a Waller. Uh, he is uh, what's his name? Levy. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, Levy. Levy. I just call how can him you not love Levy? Yeah, yeah. He he is a he is a prophet if I've ever seen one. Um, absolutely, uh, the first experience I think that I've had with someone that that I just like, man, this this this, this person is is uh, I need to learn. I need to learn from that. Him. Is a cool place. The ramparts a cool cool walk. And it, it'll, it you guys should go all the way around pretty much. Let's go to the next one. Look at the fog. Yeah. So. So this was a very, a very beautiful morning. Uh, woke up, getting ready for work, grabbing the tools. And as I was grabbing the tools, I, I looked out and, and you see this, the, uh, the, the, the fog, uh, I guess, the clouds sort of descending on the valleys. And this is uh, from the campsite. This is from the campsite. Yeah, yeah Harbor Ka, Mount Gerizim. Mm -hmm. This is the view. Yeah. So that was, it was a lot of us uh, guys. We just sat, stood there and, and looked out and just enjoyed that. Um, it's really crazy because. Because in, in the scriptures it talks about the dew descending, right? And it was only in the mountains of Israel that I actually got to see what that was like. I mean, to, to every morning you wake up and there's everything's soaked in this morning dew. And uh, I remember uh, Nate actually told me at one point he said that the um, <clears throat> he said that uh, he tried collecting the the dew at one point, seeing like how much water can I actually collect off of this. And he collected like seven gallons based uh, like on a small corner of the roof of dew and it, I mean it's just a lot of it's a lot of water that descends uh, but that was a really interesting uh, thing all right next one what's this of you from okay so this is we went I I, uh, I got to actually harvest grapes which I didn't think I was gonna get to do but I was very happy that I, I did that uh, I did one harvest it was a very small harvest just three and a half tons and uh, I know that sounds like a lot, but they were doing like three and a half tons. They were doing like dozens. I love you know, Welch's. Like, 
And uh, so this was in Kolkhav uh, Shachar, and it was said that it was one of the most beautiful uh, vineyards to pick from. And uh, we actually afterwards, because we finished early, we got to climb out up one of the, 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 the really tall, maybe the tallest mountain in that area. And so we climbed up. That's um, found all sorts of things like shells up there, lots of rock that looked like fossilized. Um, uh, it, it was, I, have, I don't think I have pictures in this slide, but there were, there were a lot of, um, lot of signs of it being underwater, you know, and you're looking at it, you know, just like picking up these rocks, you know, it's like that. Just thinking of Noah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was all up there on the mountain. So that's, uh, once we got to the top, I took a, a panorama of the, uh, of the mountain. And then the next one is the harvest, right? The vintage? Uh, yeah, so we had like a. Like the year before or whatever, maybe? Yeah, so we had a really nice uh, wine tasting uh, party, I guess, uh, where they uh, they had several bottles of wine, um, probably like 12 or so um, bottles of wine, where we all went through and tasted all the different wines, and um, and then bought bought wine if we wanted to or not. But Is that, that from like last year or from from the years in the past? Did, how know. long do they let it, like the vintage? I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't. That's interesting, though. Yeah, I don't know much about wine. I didn't really look at the years. I just tasted them, and uh, I picked my favorite that I liked, but, yeah. which was actually a Harbracha wine. Look at this next one. That's uh, that's in Shiloh. Um, so Shiloh. We, Shiloh. Yeah. So when we went uh, to Shiloh, uh, the tabernacle site where it's every 369 years, that's actually the holy of holies. So those, that's the dirt that God would have dwelt. Um, would have dwelt over, and so it's excavated down to the level where they, where we can see the the uh, the walls that would have been built and, uh, and everything. Oh yeah, they're doing a lot there. They had another yes. building there with a, like a mosaic floor. Yeah, yeah. There's a, I have a video uh, also of maybe not on this one, but but there's a video uh, of <clears throat> of uh, Joshua. He lined us all up on the walls of one of these uh, of one of these sites where they had the mosaics and they had an, an Arab. Uh, um, Building on top of that, and you, actually, you can actually see how the how the Arab buildings uh, disregard the foundations, and but but they built these beautiful mosaics um, on the on the floor, and so he I went. Think it's in. a reference of Shiloh in the mosaic, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. There was okay. So you, that mosaic, um, that's in. They have that one of those in the museums now, and right. uh, they found this 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 sign that basically said you're in. You're in Shiloh. Yeah, you're in Shiloh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. And they, so if there was any question you know, right. as to where this was, they're like, well, we, we dug up a sign that said we're in Shiloh. So, I mean, that's that's interesting. Um, but yeah. And the uh, the next slide, a little envious. I never got to go into the Knesset. So this was another one of the many miracles that happened. Uh, and I got to say, being in Israel, uh, it became, uh, it was really edifying faith-wise. Like, like, it really built up my faith because, and, and I heard the same stories from everyone else. Um, it's just, it's the same for everyone who it seems who goes there. Uh, it seems like 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 I've gotten so accustomed to praying, and and then after my prayers, thinking like, oh Lord, I hope you answer my prayer. You know, like I hope that this is according to your will, and I hope that you know. And then I'll pray it again and again. You know, right? And I'll, I'll keep keep praying it like like as though He didn't hear me the first time, and. And I, it's just like that, that doesn't happen in Israel. Like, like when we were there, like we would pray something and then immediately we would just like start looking. We'd be like, okay, he's about to answer it any minute now. I just need to find, you know, I just need to see where it happens. And he does. He absolutely does. And there were so many instances where we would pray and then we would just expectantly wait. Like, okay, Lord, we know that you're the God of all and that you're all powerful. And we know that our prayers are aligning with your will because we know who you are and we know who we are. 
And so we would just we would sit and wait for our prayers to be answered, and they would be answered immediately. And this was one of those. We were standing uh, on, a, on the bus ride over to the Knesset. Um, uh, Aaron Murphy comes to me. He says, hey, Zach. He's like, I, uh, I know you're, like, you're really excited to get, go to the Knesset, you know, and uh, I, I, I just want to let you know that we may not be able to get you in. And I'm like, well, why not? And he's like, well, see, the thing is, is with the Knesset, you know, uh, we had to book the, the group, the tour group in there months before they even arrived. And we didn't even know you were coming. And then you just showed up, like, in the middle of the, the trip. And so now you're here. And, and like, so we, they, they, don't, they don't have any of your documents. They don't, like, we, we don't think we're going to be able to get you in because it was a long process to get everyone else, you know, uh, through. Um, so that way they would allow them to get into the Knesset. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I said, okay, that's fine. You know, that's fine. I said, I'll just wait. I'll, I'll wait outside. That's no, okay. And then uh, Evan comes up to me, the other Floridian. He's from uh, Orlando. And he comes up to me. He says, he says no, Zach, we're not going to let that happen. He said, we're going to pray, and God, you know, God will, will make a way. And I said, okay. So we, 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 we prayed and, and uh, got in line and walked through, and they're like, come on through. You know, it was easier to get into the Knesset than it was to get into Israel, which I thought was uh, Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, cool. and that was a very, very enlightening experience. This is, um, I forget what the room is specifically called, but this is where, uh, where they discuss the laws. and That's awesome. Such. Yeah, just rub it in, Zach. Rub it in, buddy. <laughs> Next picture or video, a little video of the, off of Ben Yehuda Street. You got to click on the picture and it should show a little video, yeah. Look at the umbrellas up above. Isn't yeah. that cool? We call this the Umbrella Street. <laughs> I love those alleyways. So Ben Yehuda Street. This is a street off of Ben Yehuda. So in the architecture program, we have a requirement. Like every semester, we have to take a trip somewhere in the world because it's not only our, our responsibility to understand what architecture is and, and to learn how to design things, but we also need to understand what existing architecture is around the world. And so we have to study all these places around the world, and we travel to cities um, nonstop. And I'd never been to Jerusalem before, obviously. And my first, my first uh, trip to Jerusalem, from an architectural standpoint, blew me away. I, I mean, it was, it is by far the greatest city I've ever been in. Uh, and I could see all the principles that we we're learning uh, in school. It seemed as though they're using this as the model to teach us from, which is kind of interesting uh, because I saw them all at work uh, in in Jerusalem. And uh, yeah, absolutely the most beautiful city I've ever been in uh, architecturally. Awesome. Let's go to the next one. Looks like a, an area there. Is that? So I'm in the middle of the construction site, helping out the guys, and uh, uh, for you know for the time that that, I, that I'm available to to do so, and and uh, I go to wash my hands real quick because we're putting up insulation, you know, and it's all over the place, and I'm just a mess, right? Uh, I have all this insulation all over me. And Caleb comes, like, driving up, and he, like, you know, it, it, it seems like an action shot from a film or something. Um, and he just drives up and rolls down his window, and he's like, he's like, Zach, get in the car now. And I'm like, I'm like what? It's like, he's like, get in the car now. Don't ask any questions. And I'm like, well, but I, but I, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm with Nate and, you know, in the construction crew. He's like, he's like just, just get in. It's already taken care of. I'm like, okay. So I just leave, I leave, like, get my water, and I, and I hop in their car. And they, they, they take me off. They, they've literally, you know, kidnapped me. Um, and, and so I'm, like, sitting in the back um, and just kind of quiet. And they turn around. They look at me. And Joshua looks at me. And he says, do you know why you're here? And I was like, 
no. He's like, do you know where we're going? I was like, no. And he laughs. He's like, cool. <laughs> Sucker. Uh, yeah. And so uh, they, they, they fill me in and they tell me, they say, so we're, um, you know, we're already in, you know, um, the, the West Bank, or as it's called, right? This sort of uncharted, not uncharted, but this, this, uh, um, this territory that's disputed, right? And uh, he's like, we're actually going to go now into the Arab communities. And uh, we have a military escort. And we're going to go to, um, go to um, Joshua's, altar. Joshua's altar. Thank you. Uh, uh, and yeah, yeah, I was supposed to have been there twice. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> I missed it. So, so I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's cool. You know, we're going to, we have a military escort to go into uh, Arab uh, territory, to, into uh, Shechem, um, to see jo- Joshua's altar. I was like, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so this is a picture of Joshua's altar, and uh, they were doing a Joshua and Caleb, uh, jo- yeah, Joshua and Caleb report. Um, so you guys will, I'm sure, see that at some point um, this coming. Whenever oh, yeah. The, whenever the, when the season and comes I up. believe uh, Zach Waller was sharing about Joshua's altar, that it was found by an atheist archaeologist. And how many of you know that after that you become a believer? Yeah. Uh, so a few more archaeological things about Joshua's altar. When we got there, um, they were... It's amazing to see the unhewn stone and, and, the, and the size of it. I mean, you can see probably some people standing on top of it and next to it. Uh, it, it is, it's massive. Um, and they actually found ash inside the altar. And they took it back to get it uh, to the laboratories to get it uh, analyzed. And they found that the ash was from animals that are classified in the Bible as clean, clean. animals. And they're like, whoa, that's, that's pretty awesome. And they're like, well, how old are these animals, right? And it's like, well, actually, these animals, uh, within the range that we can we can tell how old they were, they were all under at least they were uh, under two years. We can we can estimate that they were definitely under two years old. Um, it's just like, wow, that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome to see. Oh, I'm telling um, you, Joshua's altar. Yeah, Joshua's altar. Think about it. You know, it's really good. Let's go to the next one because I know a lot of us are hungry right now. <laughs> So the food in Israel... Uh, That's pretty good. It was... It it's was, outstanding. It was outstanding. I mean, it was... Oh, yeah. It's manna. It really was. Uh, everything, everything about the food there was, was really great. Obviously, we have a great uh, kitchen staff uh, there. And this is how we set up for Shabbat. You know, Shabbat is, is, is holy and it's sanctified. And so this is one of the ways in Israel that we, that we sanctify Shabbat, you know, through these... Uh, uh, decorating the table and, and, and preparing these 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 foods in honor uh, for God, and we have these flowers, and uh, we all gather together with the white cloth, right? And uh, wow, yeah, we we play music, and I actually got to play trumpet with uh, Zach Waller and um, and uh, Britt Waller. He was on percussion, and uh, and Luke Hilton, he was on violin, and uh, and so I was I was playing trumpet with them, and uh, and. That was really fun. So we played that leading up, you know, as everyone would come into the tent awesome. uh, to have Shabbat, and then we would, um, and then we'd start Shabbat with our candle lighting. I think in Shabbat, pic- there's a lot of sorry. the pictures that you took. Was it with your phone? Yeah, yeah. So, so they don't allow electronics uh, or or the turning on or off of lights because we don't we don't create light on Shabbat because God created light on the first day and on the seventh day He rested from His from His work of creation, right? And so one of the ways to honor that is we, we don't turn lights on and off. So all of this is happening before Shabbat actually officially begins. And the lighting of the candle is like that distinct line that's drawn, 
that says we have now entered into Shabbat. It is, there is no uncertainty here, right? That we, have, we are in Shabbat now. And so before the candle is lit, we, we, you know, we play music, we, we create, right, music, and we create all these things. Uh, and, and, you know, I was taking pictures with my phone, but we turn it all off and we, we, uh, we, we sanctify that day as soon as the candle is lit. And as soon as we've entered into Shabbat, right. then we sing all of our songs. You guys are following the, the Jewish customs of the land to the T. That's, that's, that's absolutely good. true. That's very good. Yeah, because I know the rabbi, he'll be scouting around. Rabbi, everything's off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm t- yeah, because Tommy Wilder was telling me that he's befriended the, uh, the rabbis and stuff. Yeah, we have they rabbis. They share and talk and... Yeah, after Shabbat, during our Havdalah, uh, not during, but after the Havdalah, when we end Shabbat with the the, the, uh, the overflowing of the cup, right, because our cup overfloweth, and we light the candle again to sort of signify that Shabbat is now, has now closed, it's over. Um, so once again, there's no uncertainty as to, are we still in Shabbat, are we not? Um, oh, that's good. A, a rabbi comes uh, up, and he gives, us, he gives a, um, a lesson to us uh, on things. Let's go to the next picture. That's that's a very interesting picture overlooking what? Yeah, so during one from of, where looking to what? So this is actually looking towards Jerusalem on um, Habracha. And I was I was sitting I was sitting in the tent doing some some uh, some drawings and it got dark and there was a family that came up and he, uh, they spoke to me and, and he was like, What what do you um what are what is this place? they asked me. And I looked, this is like the last day that I was there. And uh, I'm like, well, I don't, like, this is, ha- this is Hayavel, like, this is the mountain of Habracha. And they're like, wow, and they look around in amazement, you know, this is this family, right? And uh, he's like, where's your bathroom? And I'm like, oh, it's over here. I go to stand up and, and point him in the right direction, and he immediately, like, calls me out. He's like, seat. He's like, why are you wearing the seat? And he said, he's like, are you Jewish? And I was like, no, I'm not Jewish. And he's like, well, you, what are you? And so then I explained to him what, what we were. And uh, it was like that final night, um, I, I, he asked me about Hayavel and about who we were, and I'm looking around like, there's got to be a more qualified person around here to yeah. like explain to these people. <laughs> you know, these are Orthodox Jews, Jewish family, and and I'm like, but there was no one around because it, it was so late. Uh, I was I, I didn't realize like the time just slipped me. I was I was drawing and, and the time slipped me and and uh, and I was like I was out there all alone and I was like okay so I was like so it was on me and I thought it was really interesting. Afterwards, um, I thought about it. I was like, wow, you know, what a way to end this trip to, to, I wouldn't have been able to answer these questions before, which is like, who, who is Hayavel? What are we doing here in Israel? Like, and he was so enthusiastic about it. He was like, this is amazing. It's like, you're, you keep the Torah, you believe in Yeshua, you're coming out here to help establish the land. Like, like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And he told me, he said, he said Zachariah, he's like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to visit you. I want to, I want to know more about who you are and, and, and all your, all of your family here. And wow. I didn't have That's the heart awesome. to tell him that I wasn't going, but immediately afterwards, my friend Levy, comes up to me and he says, uh, it's actually the, the, still the, the uh, same slide. Uh, my friend Levy comes up to me and he says, Zach, are you ready? Are you ready? And I said, ready for what? And I had almost forgotten um, that a few nights before, uh, during one of the, the study groups that we had between the men on uh, Shabbat, um, he, God had spoken to me and he said, Zach, before you leave, um, you, need to, you need to be told, uh, you need to be preached to, like, like you need to hear the gospel. And I was like, the gospel? And it, it made me pause for a moment. I said, "Wow, you know, okay, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll hear it." Because um, I think that sometimes we we get so caught up in in all these other um, workings, you know, of the scriptures uh, that we, we don't ever like, like. I never stopped to right. ask myself, "Have I have I heard the gospel recently? Do I know what the gospel is right now?" You know, 
with all this new information that's come toward me. You know, I, well, do good. I really know the gospel? And so I, I spoke to Levy. I said, Levy, I need to hear the gospel. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you the gospel. He said, uh, let's meet. Let's meet um, out by the tree tomorrow night, your last night here. Let's meet out by the tree and, and, um, and, and, I'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll speak the gospel. And so I, uh, so he told me, and he said, go get your talit. Go get your talit and bring it. I said, okay. So I went and got my talit, and I followed him out there. And, uh, or I met him out there. He was already there, so I took a picture um, and next to the tree. And out where he was standing, it was right over the cliff's edge, and there were two big, uh, kind of set up like, like this, actually, yeah. um, except there were big rocks. So It was much less comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and so we, so we sat on these rocks, and we started sh- uh he started teaching me about the gospel. And uh, through that, you know, God had just spoken new revelation to me, and I spoke it to him, and he spoke back. And we just had this conversation where, like, we're both looking at each other like, whoa, the gospel, like, this is amazing. <laughs> and, um, and so that's, that's how I spent my last night uh, in Israel, was hearing the gospel just before I left. Uh, wow. But, uh, Let's but, go yeah, to the next have... one. We'll get through a few more of these pictures, and... Yeah, they're, 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 they're a little out of order, but there's a few things. So this is my actual arrival into Israel, and my first experience uh, was, was going through the airport. And That's right. You go down. Yes. Yeah. We go down in yeah. the airport. And, wow. And um, I was just stunned. I had to stop because I was looking at the architecture. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> if only I could you know, share this with some of the students back home. Like, this is, this is amazing, amazing, amazing. The best architecture I've ever seen. And this is just the airport. Um, hadn't even <laughs> actually gotten into it. Like I haven't touched the soil yet. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that was, that. and now we're going to do our Welch's sponsor for the day. Yes. So Welch's. when I first, when I first stepped foot on the, in, on the land, I'm still at this point, I'm still trying to find out, you know, like, what am I doing here? What, like, what is this place? You know? And Evan, uh, my Floridian friend <laughs> comes and he says, Zach, come, come with me, follow me. And I was like, okay. And so he takes me on this long walk, right? And he's, and uh, we're walking down, and, and and he's pointing. He says, "Look over there, Zach. Do you see that?" He said, "That's the Jordan. That's the Jordan Valley over there." He said, "And if you look just just over here, this is where uh, the Sea of Galilee is." And he says, and, and, and then you'd walk around, you know, and we, we'd start talking more about it. And he said, and, and he's telling me about the regathering, telling me about all these things that are taking place, these prophecies that are being fulfilled. And he says, "That's happening right here." Uh, he says, and look, the vines that are that are going to be planted and and, um, and and worked by the foreigner, you know. He said, that's us. He's like, and these are the vines. And so he showed me these grapes, and he picked one off, and he said, here, eat. And uh, and I ate, and I ate, and that was my first taste of Israel. And and then he showed me again. He said, look down here. He said, this is where Jerusalem is. And if you can see those mountains, and you'd point, and you can see those those buildings. So that's Jerusalem. And uh, that was just such a such a, an exciting experience for me to be able to stand there and uh, and see where all of these events took place. That's awesome. And and, uh, and, to see, and have him pointed out for me. So yeah. And now we're in the old city, right? This is another picture from um, from the the day that we went to proclaim prophecy on the temple. And I actually have a story to tell from that day because we went to the hotel uh, also in that day, and we. Um, and I, I was stopped. So I'll just I'll read you what I wrote from that from that day real quick. Yehovah, today we proclaim prophecy on the temple walls, and after we prayed at the western wall, on my way back, I was stopped by a man. He asked if I was Jewish. 
I told him I was not. And uh, confused, he said, yes, you are. I, I replied again, no, I'm, I'm not. And uh, then he said, but you're wearing the tzitzit. Why? I responded, because God commanded his people to wear tzitzit, to look upon them and to remember his law. Now he was really confused. You keep Shabbat? Yes, I said. Why? Because it's the day that God has set apart as holy when he will meet his people Israel. Now he calls over a friend. And they talk in Hebrew a while, looking me up and down. <laughs> what are you? His friend asked. <laughs> Christian, uh, I responded. You born again? Yes. Ah, so you were Jewish, and then you converted to Christianity. <laughs> no. No, no, I've always been Christian. Uh, you look Jewish, he said, his friend stated, and then walked away, still confused. The man asked, so are you an evangelical? No, I said, I'm not interested in making you into what I believe. And then so I told him, I said, I believe that we are to keep Torah, that God is the God of all, and that Yeshua is the Messiah. Hmm, but you believe that Jesus is God? Yes. Why? He, um, here we go. Uh, why? He never fulfilled any prophecy. See, in Judaism, we believe that there are two messiahs, one for the house of Joseph and one for Judah. The messiah for Joseph, or Ephraim, will come and be more spiritual. We believe that he will suffer and even be killed. Now, I looked at him confused. The second messiah is for Judah. He will sit in the seat of David and rule over the people. I thought to myself, I should be telling you this. Uh, and he proceeded to say, Jesus was Jewish, you see, he said, and the Christianity uh, took him and twisted him. Yes, I agreed. <laughs> and so he kept, he kept going on and on. And, uh, and I, so I eventually I told him, I said, I think we believe in the same Messiah, but where you believe that he is two, I believe that he is one and that he's already come for the house of Joseph. And I said, may the Messiah make all things known when he comes wow. to rule and reign. And we both agreed. So you had, a, and then, you had a good conversation then. Yeah. That sounded really good. At the end of it, I asked him what his name was, and uh, he said, Judah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's no explanation needed here, you know what I'm saying? Self-explanatory. Let's go to the, uh, is it the Kotel there, the Western Wall? Yeah, so that's the story from, from this. You know, I actually, could be up here for hours. Yeah, I had a friend uh, from Hayovel. He came up to me uh, immediately after that conversation, and he said, I just prayed, Zach, at the Western Wall, and uh, I, I wrote a little prayer down on the piece of paper, and I put it in the wall, and I was like, really? And he told me what the prayer was. He said, I just prayed that, that, uh, that God would show the Jews that Jesus was a good Jew. And I laughed. I'm like, man, you gotta, I got to tell you the story I just had with a Jew, with an Orthodox Jew, just a few minutes ago. <laughs> he was trying to convince me that Jesus was a good Jew, and I'm like... I'm like, I'm not disagreeing with you, man. Wow, that answered really quick. <clears throat> so this is the Kotel, right? This is the Western Wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the back side, looking at it, yes. correct? Yes. Very good. Yeah. Just a reminder that every twice a year, they gather up all the prayers and they bury them on the, on the Mount of Olives. So that's interesting. So I know that when I went in the fall of last year, they buried my prayers. So I have to go back to do another one. Thanks, Audrey. But yeah, that's the Kotel. And then the next slide, we'll, we'll finish up here. So this is the mountain that we hiked up um, at the, the Kokhar Shakhar, the vineyard that I harvested at. Uh, that's the mountain there. So I think it's like 
don't know, 800 feet, something that we that we hiked up and down. Um, and where's this at? This is in the the vineyards of Kolkata Shachar. I don't I don't really know, like, because we didn't have I didn't have. Do you think uh, it's Judea or Samaria? <clears throat> South or north? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. A lot of this stuff I'm still I'm still learning things after I've gotten back. Like, oh wow, that's what happened, you know. So I. Because once again, I'm, I'm still, you know, I got there. I and he showed me a lot of things I didn't quite understand. We all have understand. pictures like this. Next one. Where is this from? This is still that? from the mountain. Just another beautiful view looking out on the cliff's edge. Um, so this is and Mount Gerizim? No, no, no. This is uh, Kod Kavashakar. This is um, the same mountain. What this is it again? Uh, Kod Kavashakar. Okay, I'm like not going to go there. Okay. <laughs> What's the nickname? Coke, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so the next one is... Uh, yeah, <clears throat> this is Shiloh. This is the tabernacle site. And you can see that the amphitheater <clears throat> setting where the tabernacle is depressed and all around you there are mountains. And that's where the, the, uh, the nations of Israel or the, the tribes of Israel would, uh, would, would encamp so they could all look down into... The, uh, the tabernacle site, right? And they actually would bring their offerings in these in these vessels, right? Which would be these potter these pots, uh, pottery. And we we would walk around these sites, and we would see this ancient pottery um, everywhere. Because what would happen is they would bring their their offerings up, and they would they would uh, give their offering as a sacrifice. And they saw the pots, uh, the pottery that they had made for this one purpose to be too holy now because it was sanctified uh, uh, just in the delivering of. Uh, of the sacrifice, and so they wouldn't bring it back home with them to right. use for anything else. They would break it. That's right. Uh, and all so all over those there, mountains, yeah. it's covered in pottery. Yeah, it's covered in this Shiloh. So Shiloh would be south of Mount Gerizim, Mount Evil, because that is actually in Ephraim's territory. Ephraim and Manasseh up here. So Mount Gerizim is actually in Manasseh's territory. To the south of Mount Gerizim would be Shiloh, which would be Ephraim's territory. Remember Shiloh, mm -hmm. Nadi Ram was sharing about. Starting a settlement there. Yeah, Let's go to the and next he, one. And he has, uh, he has like a whole thing with Leib Halalam and Shiloh that we visited and, and saw. It's like a really cool. Uh, and where is this? Site. So, speaking of Nadi Ram, uh, this Nadi is his Ram's house. living room. Yeah. So, for those of you who uh, went to his lecture that, or his, his speech, I guess, that he gave whenever he came here, um, you saw that picture of his family sitting on the couch with the goat in the window. That's <laughs> that area right there. Um, and uh, so you can probably just, you know, put a goat in the window and visually in your mind. Uh, so, yeah, so we met Nati and uh, spoke to him, and uh, he gave us uh, just an update on what's happening. And uh, his wife was passing around all sorts of, like, snacks, and we were eating. And so Judah approaches Joseph, and he says, hey, come to my living room, right? Is that yeah. right? Is that the right answer? That's, well, that's the way it happened. Come so. and sit in my living room. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's quite the I never way. got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in Hebrews for, what, a year? And you're, you're already having dinner with the prime minister. I mean, you know, lunch with the president. You know, I'm going to hang out with you. <laughs> I, I didn't, honestly, like a lot of this stuff, I didn't, I didn't realize what was happening until like someone whispered in my ear, like, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no. And I'm like sitting here across the table, like, like one of them was Ariel Cohen um, Alara. Uh, he's a, a rabbi. Yeah, um, we're going to get to him. We'll get to him? Okay. Yeah. Do we have a picture? Let's go to the next one. So this is just That's another picture of... Off uh, of Ben Yehuda Street, the marketplace. Ben, yeah. Street of Umbrellas. Let's go to this next one. So this There's is the rabbi and lives in Jerusalem. That yeah. So while we we're there in Jerusalem, I happened to be with Levi, and uh, and we we're off hunting down. We, we have this hunt, right? That we're we're like we have to find this thing, uh, which I can't really talk about yet. Um, but someday we'll we'll 
you know, I'll, I'll share it with you. Um, so we were on this hunt through Jerusalem, and we finally found this item. And uh, it, it was like, it, we got to the point where, like, all hope was lost, you know, because no one knew what we were looking for. It was like, what? How could you not know? We need to find this. And, and so, so, so finally, Levy is looking at me. He's like, Zach, I'm sorry. I don't think we're going to be able to actually get this thing. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. And I told him, I said, Levy, he's like, you know what? I said, I'm so excited right now. I said, because... Because what I'm seeing is God creating a great story. Because I, I know he told me that I was supposed to find this here. And, and I know he's not going to let me down. He's going to lead us to, to, to find it. And all I'm seeing now is just a great story being built up uh, in the finding of it. So, so let's just keep looking because we're, I, I'm telling you, right around the corner, we're going to find it. And sure enough, right around the corner, we just we, we found it. And we ended up running back because we were like late for the bus. And so we were running back through the, through the streets of Jerusalem. Uh, and we were so happy that we actually found it through a whole day of searching and hunting down through the streets, through Jerusalem for this thing. And so we're, we, uh, we're running back, singing and dancing through the streets, jumping and leaping as we're sprinting through, trying to get the bus. Um, but uh, but on, on, in that day, uh, we meet this guy, uh, and, and his name's uh, Ariel Cohen Alaro. And he is an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, um, very highly respected in Jerusalem. And he believes that, uh, that, the, that the Jews, or I'm sorry, he believes in Yeshua as the Messiah. And he is actually currently working on an initiative um, to have a retrial, an official retrial, with all of the high, highest uh, rabbis in Jerusalem and in, in, in Israel, um, uh, an official retrial of Yeshua as the Messiah. And so they're going to, he's working on getting that put, pulled to, uh, together. An official like a legal. retrial of Yeshua. Yeah, a legal retrial. To re-examine the evidence and everything. Mm-hmm. So this is happening. So we, so I found myself at a, at a table with him um, having uh, juice and, uh, and talking about the regathering. And talking about uh, about you know Christianity and and, and Messiah and the house of uh, Joseph and Ephra, uh, the house of Joseph and the house of uh, David, and and he's he's just and I, I don't I still have no idea who this guy is you know but talking to him about this stuff and uh, it was you know once again a very very good experience to find myself in. That's it. Next time I'm going with you. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to the next one. Is the marketplace? Yes, this is the marketplace. It's just a lot of people. It's what do they call this? The shook. <laughs> the shook. Yes, that's right. The, the shook. shook. They shook all my money. Yeah, the guy in front of me with that hat. He is. He's another really good friend that I made over there. Um, he's from Canada. Um, and tell us what you do as far as like for exercising or entertainment. The next one. Yeah. So for exercising, we don't have weights. Okay. This guy's really fit now. He's got a lot of faith for those underneath him. <laughs> oh, right. So this was a bar mitzvah um, for Mac Tanner Waller. Uh, this was their, the Waller's final bar mitzvah because this was their youngest son. And so it was a very, very, um, very big uh, event, very beautiful. Uh, and you got so. to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, that That's, was also. I think we've had enough. That is it. <laughs> Lots of fun. We were all dancing and, and drinking wine and, uh, and you know, throwing, uh, you know, working out. Because um, we don't have weights over there, you know, so, so we lift people. Um, and, I notice it's thin people they're throwing up. I don't know if they want 200 and none of your business going up. I don't have that much faith. Let's look at the last slide. So the, so the final, um, so, so this is my final glimpse that I have of, of the mountain of, uh, of Habakha. And as I'm driving away on my way to the airport, I, I look out the window and, and uh, 
we actually were making a turn, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get a photo, but I kind of stick my phone out the window, and I kind of take a, a photo because like behind me, and uh, and I, and so this is the last photo I got uh, wow. as, I, as I'm leaving uh, Israel, and you can kind of see like the beams of light kind of like shining on it. I thought, I thought it was cool, um, and I have a quick thing. So when we were on the plane. Um, I'm sitting next to a bunch of Jews, um, and of and course, of course, yeah, you yeah, know, of course. Uh, that's just natural. Another yeah. happy event. <laughs> and so, to my right, to my right, I meet this guy. He's he's a uh, he's an aerospace engineer, and we get to talking because you know about architecture, aerospace, engineering, whatever. Um, and he's he tells me about what he's doing on the plane. I tell him about you know he's like what do you, what what were you visiting you know Israel for? And I'm like oh you know this is what I was doing. And he's like wow that's really amazing. And uh, so then later I speak to the girl um, sitting next to me. She's an Orthodox uh, Orthodox Jew also, uh, about my age. And I, I, I we, for some reason, we just get into a conversation about, about God and about the Father, right? And it's just this amazing, really beautiful conversation uh, talking about, our, you know, I'm just learning about their love for, the, for, for God. And, uh, and so telling her about, about what, we, what we're doing. And she's like, and she's never heard about any of this before. And, and you can see by the end of this conversation, um, she gets up to, to, to use the restroom, and, uh, and the people in front of us, they, they look behind, the, like through the little seat opening, and they're like, they're like, Zach, Zach. And I'm like, yeah? And they're like, we've been listening to your entire testimony. <laughs> and, and we just think it's, it's amazing, and like everything you've been saying, we completely agree with, and we're absolutely behind, behind Hayavel and behind you and behind, like, like, and we need to, oh, by the way, I forgot to, I need to connect. Anyway. Oh, you uh, want we, another story? So we. We're running out of time, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, we need to, we need to find out, like, can you connect us to Hayovel? And we also need to figure out who is this Hayovel and who is this Beit Tehila? Because we need uh -oh. to know, we're also. Uh-oh. Yeah. Who is this Beit Tehila? What is this? Yeah. They're a congregation in Naples, I guess. Um, so I, I need to get you guys connected. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, so afterwards, she, the, the, the girl comes back. I never got her name, but she comes back. And, um, and, I, and we finish off our conversation. And uh, you can see her. She's, like, like really shooken up by this information. And, uh, and I tell her at the end of our conversation, I say, you know, the reason why I, I share this with you is because I think it's important that you know that you don't only have friends you know, outside that are, we're, we're all around. You know, we're, we're here. But you have brothers and sisters. And... We're not only here to, to help and to establish the land of Israel, we're here to support you in every way possible. We are your brothers and sisters, and we're here to go to war with you. We're ready for that. And she was like, my goodness, how do I take this? You know. And she looked at me after a long pause, and she said, Zach, I, I'm going to tell all of my friends everything that you've told me here, because I think that this is something that we all need to know. And Amen. So, Amen. The, and the rest of the plane ride over, I I noticed that the couple in front of me that that I just uh, that we I just spoke to that told me they wanted to get connected, they started a conversation with the Orthodox Jew next to them and the Orthodox Jew to the other, and then more Orthodox Jews started getting into the conversation, and so all these conversations are happening all around me about this regathering and about the establishment of of the of the kingdom and the temple, and and this is all happening between Christians and. And, uh, and Orthodox, because the couple in front of me were Christian, and they, they run a church or something down in Naples. But So this is all happening in front of me, and I'm watching this. I'm like, whoa, like, what's happening? Like, this is amazing. And I just, you know, said a prayer. I was like, thank you, Lord, for, for, for all these things that you're allowing me to, to see and to witness. Uh, so that was the plane ride back, and 
and he had me read a few of my uh, of my prayers. He told me to reflect on what had happened and he, to read a few of my prayers before uh, I landed. Um, and so I did uh, on my way back home, and that was probably the most the most emotional time of my life because uh, he showed me. That was when he finally showed me my heart because that was his heart, and. And I saw that in all of my prayers before leading up, I didn't really know what was happening, but I could see his signature. And he was prophesying through my words. And he was speaking to me, showing me that, Zach, this is, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. I didn't see it then. But going back on the plane at home, I was reading through my prayers that I had written down. And I, 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 uh, I couldn't help. I was just, I was like crying profusely, trying to hide like from, but I was sitting in the middle seat. So it was kind of hard because I was like, <laughs> and, uh, and people probably thought I was weird, you know. But, but to see that, to see that God was uh, was absolutely answering all of my prayers, and he was prophesying what was about to take place, something that I had just experienced. I looked back and said, I, it, I, 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 couldn't, have, I couldn't have made any of that up. It was in it for me, in my own heart, uh, to finally get that. And uh, now um, there is nothing else, that, there is nothing else um, but outside, of the, outside of the regathering, outside of the establishment of the temple, outside of the nation Israel uh, for me. Um, I... I have like every breath that I take. There, there is not a single breath that I will take outside of this this mission that God has. Um, he has shown, He has shown me, and I, I, I just I'm I'm so blessed to be part of this congregation, to be a part of Hayavel, to be a part of of to be able to even just witness. But He's not allowing me to just witness or any of us. He's saying no, it's not for you to just watch. It's for you to be, actually come and be a part of. And so for Him to call me into that, and for Him to call all of us into that. It's the biggest blessing I, I uh, have ever witnessed, and I'm realizing more and more as I, as I move forward into understanding exactly what just happened, because it's still, in, in many ways, confusing to me. Um, I'm realizing more and more why, uh, why he is doing what he is doing, and realizing just the magnitude and the importance and the discipline and the focus that we all need to have moving forward, because it is happening right now. And it's been happening, and it will, and it's moving faster and faster. And I saw it firsthand, and uh, we we can't blink, you know, because it's going to pass us up. I'm telling you, um, if we don't, if we don't get ourselves in line and focus, and, and say, okay, what's my part? What what are we doing to make sure that this all comes to come to pass in prophecy? Amen. You know, um, God is awesome. You know, and um, you know, I want to encourage all of you that we all want purpose. We all have this belief system, and what I've discovered is that we need purpose because we can believe all day, but we don't have this purpose. You know, okay, I believe all this. I practice all this. Now what am I going to do with it, see? And so what's going to happen is when you start to tap into God's heart, all that junk that's in you, all the stuff you're doing and all the stuff you're lost in goes away, and you actually have purpose and direction and a strategy. And you're like, this is what I'm going to live for. For you were born for such a time as this. And so we get to be a part. And he'll figure out the rest. He'll do all the details. We, we just have to be obedient and yield. I've lived for this for 20 years. Zach in one trip did as much as I could do in 20 years. He did in one trip. Because everything's accelerating. Paul talks about this in Romans. It will be a quick work. Some people are getting born again, and they're going right into their Hebrew roots. I mean, so, so like I said, um, we're going to conclude, and uh, I'm going to have Zach close this out in prayer. But uh, if you'd like to see uh, 
Zach out in the lobby and get his autograph. Um, he'll be available. I'm not giving autographs out. <laughs> anyway, but and the the journey the journey goes on. Amen. The journey goes on. Amen. Thanks, Zach. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for for all your blessings, Lord. For for who are we that you are mindful of us, Lord? Who who is man, Lord, that you that you give us your attention, but more than that, you give us your love. And the greatest gift that we could ever receive, Lord, is you. So, Lord, I ask that you, you help us all to understand that our worship is for you and not for your blessings. Our praise and our prayers are for you and not for what you can do for us, Lord. But we come before you and we ask, Lord, what, what, how can we be blessed through the service of your mission on this world and in this earth, Lord? And I thank you, Lord, and I pray that, that, you, that you reveal to all of us and to each of us, Lord, the coming of your kingdom and the, the, the things that much, must shortly uh, come to pass, Lord, that we, may, um, that we may ask to be sent, Lord, and that you may send us, that we may be filled with, with your spirit, that we may walk in your steps, that you may go before us and make a way, that we may know that you are God and that you are, um, that you are our Father, that we are your children and that we are also your servants, Lord that we may live in service to the world and that we may live in service to the rebuilding of your temple, Lord. And we come before you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.